What's up, everybody? Jay Miller here, bringing another Productivity in Tech podcast. My guest today is Clay Russell. Clay is the founder and proprietor of the Tech Side Network, which is home to many, many podcasts, some of those which Clay is also a host on. Uh, and I am not going to go down that list because I will miss one or two <laughs> or five. But uh, outside of that, Clay is also um, also works with uh, the Whataburger franchise of restaurants. And, and I'll let him get into a little bit more detail about that. But uh, but Clay, how are you doing today? I'm doing absolutely excellent. Thank you for inviting me on your show here. Appreciate it. I'm just glad that uh, we finally were able to sit down and talk again. It's been so long. Uh, we were talking about like we were using different technologies even uh, the last time we chatted. Yes. Yeah. Those kind of things change, right? Uh, our needs change and, and so does the tech and the software we use along with it. Well, I, I gave a brief introduction, but please fill in the blanks and let, let the audience know a little bit more about yourself. <clears throat> well, first and foremost, I am a, uh, a husband and a father. And um, I have a very supportive wife who allows me to do the things that I love on the side. Um, my day job, of course, as you mentioned, is Whataburger. I'm a director of operations for the second largest franchise uh, under the brand. Um, we are continuing to grow. It's an exciting time for us. Um, uh, the Whataburger name and the, and the brand itself is in, increase, increasingly growing and getting more popular. Um, we're getting out uh, and and different ways you know there's 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 the of course the food which is uh well known in the southern regions but also our uh, brand and marketing team is on fire right now uh, so if you get an opportunity to to visit a whataburger please do um you know we were i believe in usa today we are being voted as the number one uh, burger place so you definitely want to check it out uh so that's uh, whataburger um how do i get the job done. Um, well, I'm, I'm heavily invested in the Apple ecosystem and also the software that I use. And along with that, a uh, byproduct of having all this cool technology and software is being able to use it for things that I love, that being the tech side network. That is, that is my passion. It started off uh, with a single podcast that I uh, accepted a Twitter invite from somebody. I did a, a Job is a guest on the show, which turned into a um, regular thing. Before I knew it, I was in uh, for about a year, and I kind of just uh, took the podcast over at some point and uh, wanted to do something more than just a single podcast. There's a lot of interest out there from a lot of people, and so we expanded, and it just grew and grew, and I think we're, we've been at this for about uh, maybe a little over 10 years now, and... Um, you know, 13 podcasts in, we got more on the way and it's just blown up into a, a fun hobby for me and a couple dozen friends. So I had no idea that TechSide Network was, had been around for that long. I mean, I think, I think the first um, TechSide podcast I had listened to was maybe four years ago, but that's, that's impressive. I mean, what, what is the, the key to such longevity 
The key, number one, is you don't put pressure on the people. I make it clear up front. When you join the TechSide Network, it is a hobby. Uh, everybody goes in knowing full well that we are not uh, a profitable network. We take donations to pay for hosting fees and things of that nature. But um, we do this for fun. And at some point, we may pivot into something a little bit more experimental and, and, and look for ways to monetize. But for now, it is strictly a hobby. Something, one of the other things that we do is we tend to go monthly in our shows. And what this allows us to do is, is to not feel the burden of being committed to two hours a week to a network. Um, you, you know, we have some shows that's it's basically an open invite to anybody on the network where you can come in and join if you're up for it or, you know, take the night off if you, if you, if you don't. Now, my schedule is a little bit more committed. I do host about five of the podcasts on the network, and that's uh, that's uh, a monthly schedule for those five. So all in all, I'm probably only recording maybe 10 to 15 hours a month, uh, and I'm probably editing, you know, uh, about twice that. Um, but I, I keep it real simple. I haven't – I would definitely say I'm not a pro on any scale when it comes to the work that I put into the podcast. We record as is. Uh, the structure is loose. Um, we do have show notes, and you know we do spend some time going over some of the the latest in the news, and we we try to keep it, you know, to a format. But it's it's a loose format, and if we go off on some tangents, we go off on some tangents along the way. But the entire network's built around the idea of casual conversation. I am not an expert on anything. In regards to technology, if I'm an expert in one thing, I would probably say maybe I'm a productivity expert. And that's because I've just tried about every possible method imaginable. And I would actually probably consider myself pretty productive considering the weight of my responsibilities. Um, but the idea of the TechSide Network is casual conversation from passionate people. And when you join the TechSide Network, you know that we don't expect you to be an expert on any subject, no matter what podcast it is. It's almost from the take of a fan, more so than an expert on subject. So, and you'll get that. You know, people can, you know, tell us we're wrong, and we're completely fine with that because what we offer on the show is our opinions, our thoughts, you know, our methods for doing things. And sometimes we're right. Sometimes we fight over. You know, uh, who's right and who's wrong, and, and we just have fun doing it. But uh, the guys on the show, it's it's basically a bunch of guys just hanging out, having a good time, having a beer, and, and just talking about things that they love. So that's that's pretty much the gist of the TechSide Network. And we're opening that, that model to anybody just looking for a way to get into podcasting with very uh, little effort. So um, we're always looking to add substantial content content that is new and, and and takes us takes tech side in a different direction um we've expanded past technology into fitness and health and even a pro wrestling podcast here recently that's doing extremely well but if you have something that you're passionate about and you don't need to be an expert but if you're just looking for a, a place to be heard you know, the TechSide Network's a great place for that. Uh, you and you and a host have an idea, you want to put it together. I help with the with the show art, with the music, the whole uh, production. I host it. I give you a website. I give you an email for feedback. I create the whole thing, and all you got to do is show up and record. And I, you could do that on a weekly, biweekly, or monthly. 
So one of the things that you mentioned uh, was all of the different things that you take care of for the individual hosts uh, and their respective shows. Um, I think that's something that a lot of people who... I mean, if you you listen to you know any of the Relay FM shows, you listen to any of the you know NPR or uh, BBC, any like Gimlet Media, any of those like major networks, um, there is usually a large group of people who are working on that content, and one of the things that I, I think that uh, both of us as podcasters have done is to let the authenticity of small, I don't want to say small time podcasts, but the individual passionate hobbyist uh, podcast mm-hmm. uh, ring through. Was that something that uh, you, you mentioned that it's casual conversation? Was that something that, you know, that you said, we're going to do this after the attempts to go, you know, mainstream or into like these, these larger podcast factories, or was it kind of that from the beginning? It was that from the beginning, I've had my fair share of podcasts where you can, you can hear everybody's opinion from everybody who thinks they're an expert. And, and a lot of those podcasts are well done. They're well put together, well produced, but I don't enjoy the conversation as much as I do when I'm talking with friends. You know, those are the kind of conversations I enjoy having. Um, from the from the beginning, when I, when I originally uh, joined, um, well, it wasn't a network at the time, but when we, the iOS docked podcast, which is our longest running podcast, was actually iPhone docked. It was started by uh, a group of guys um, passionate also about um, technology, but they kicked, kicked that off and ran it for... I don't know, several months, uh, and it kind of went their own way with it. Uh, there was a bunch of, of host uh, host changes, and it, from the get-go, all I remember is it being fun. It was just fun from the get-go. It was never meant to be a big production. It was just something that we enjoyed doing, and we had some some listeners who just were dedicated and loyal fans. We still have some of those today who were just, you know, waiting for that next episode. Um, and I I think what they enjoy and the, and, the, and the feedback that we've had from our guests and whether it be email or, or Twitter is that they listen to us because it's different. Anybody can report the news. They can, you know, anybody can, can, um, quote numbers and, and, and data and, and, um, you know, throw names and, and, um, brands and everything else out there. But, but if you just want to act like you're at a party and you're listening in on a conversation, I think that's, that's the tech side network for you. And will there be a place I'm going to give an example of uh, a couple of friends of mine on the network. And that is, I'm going to call out Ken Cooper and Justin Klein. Those two gentlemen are, I believe, the closest thing we have to what I would consider a very well-produced podcast. Uh, if you get an opportunity to listen to the Apple Juice podcast, it's a weekly podcast that just recaps everything that has happened in Apple News. And I think that is a good example of something on the TechSide network that you can look at and say, wow, that is a well-produced show. And 
and I'm not trying to take anything away from the other shows. You know, it's just different. They, they, they are actually, they have great chemistry. They are, you know, that the show is very well edited. Uh, Ken Cooper is doing a fantastic job, especially for somebody who's new to podcasting and he's very passionate about it. And we provided that outlet for him. And depending on who you are and, and, and what your intent is, you can, you know, you can kind of do whatever kind of podcast you want to, whether it be, you know, big time and you want to try to monetize it, go for it. I'm not going to get standing in your way of that. That's, that's awesome. Um, but you know, it's just, you take it wherever you want to go. And that's, that's, that's the tech side don't work. You, what do you want to do with your show? How can I help you? Um, you know, and, and that's pretty much, pretty much it. But the tech side network was never meant to be uh, a high production uh, thing that we were going to turn into a business. It's always been fun. It's always been for friends and it's always been a hobby. No, very nice. And, and as someone who has listened to many of the shows, I'm, I'm partial to GTD Jedi, but, um, I will say that the, uh, the Apple juice pot, uh, Apple juice cast is really good as well. Um, let's turn it kind of like balancing it into more of the productivity side. You mentioned you do about, uh, 40 to 50 hours of podcast network related things on top of being a director of operations. Uh, both of those roles are very demanding. Uh, how do you manage to, uh, one, make sure that they don't interfere with each other, but then two, also, I don't know, keep your sanity in the process? Number one is when you, everybody who joins the network for one understands that it is not my full-time job, that I have a schedule that I stick to. Um, and uh, some people, especially on the East Coast, don't like the late recordings, right? Uh, I, I record at 8.30 p.m. Uh, Central Time. The reason I do that is because I have family time when I get off of work. And that I usually get home about 6.30 uh, p.m. Central Time. And I've got a couple hours with my family. And I put my technology away. I put it on the charger. I spend those two hours with my family. And the family usually the family time usually consists of, of dinner, some playtime with my daughter, and then I kind of just enjoy uh, story time when my wife reads to my child. I like to be in the room. I like to I like to listen to her read as well. It's kind of comforting. It's relaxing. And that's kind of how I wind down. And then I have a hour or two to myself at night. That's typically when I do the podcasting or I set up notes for the for upcoming podcasts. And I might have an hour in the morning before I start my work day where I'll publish some podcast if, if I can get to it. But I pretty much reserve about an hour in the morning and a couple hours at night to do anything network related. My work days typically fall between around 8 a.m. and about 6, 6 p.m. And that's uh, five to six days a week, depending on the week that I'm having. When I open stores, when I open restaurants, and I just did that. Let's see, I'll open one in January, open a new store in March. And when that's happening, I'll probably put in 90 to 100 hours a week. Uh, if I'm lucky, I can find a substitute host to replace me. If I have to reschedule, I'll reschedule. But my priorities will always be intact. It is, it is um, my day-to-day my -day job and, and my family that will always come before the network. Um, that's for now <laughs> and probably in the foreseeable future. But, um, you know, like the Apple TV, for an example, it started out as a hobby and became a viable business. Will the TechSide Network get there? I don't know. But that's not it's, if it happens, it happens. Uh, if it doesn't, it doesn't. 
uh, it will remain a fun side project for me. So, you know, uh, I think the important thing is time blocking, you know, making, making sure that your priorities are in order and that you are giving the appropriate amount of time to, uh, those people that, that you answer to and that answer to you. And, um, you know, and when I run six stores, I have 300 employees. Um, they, you know, they're, they're demanding of my time just as when I'm home, you know, families, uh, families, uh, demanding of my time as well. And it's important that I'm there for, for both of those groups when I'm, you know, at the, at the, at the job or at home. Um, and then when it's podcasting time, I'm the same way. I try to be there for my, for my, uh, network buddies. So it sounds like your, the secret to your success has been a focus on being intentional about the things that you're doing. Um, like you said, the not not just paying attention to the people around you that rely on you in some way, but also paying attention to your own needs. And I, I think that's something that uh, people in the tech space tend to forget about. I don't know if I talked to you about this or, or if, if maybe I've shared it uh, on a social network or maybe shared a story on a podcast, but there was a point about four, maybe three or four months ago where I just had to hit the reset button. I had uh, way too much going on. I was, had my stuff all over the place. I wasn't organized. My, 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 the apps that I used, I had way too many doing the same thing. I didn't know where was, you know, which data was going where it it was just a mess and it was cluttering my brain. I, I was sleeping became, um, was not a priority to me anymore. I mean, I, I was sleeping four or five hours a day. It was catching up with me. I was just exhausted mentally. So I hit the reset button and really just refocused on my priorities again and started over. Um, did the restores on the devices, didn't put back anything on my devices that wasn't essential to what I needed to get done day to day. And that really helped a lot. And the next, the next thing I did was I just started like I said, batch processing everything. So email gets checked twice a day. I'll check it in the morning. I'll check it in the evening before I come home. And then I'm done. I, I, when I, when I do check my email, it's either, um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll do quick replies. I'll postpone to a time when I know I'll have a, a bigger calendar block to handle the email or, you know, I'll, I'll cop, copy contents of an email to drafts and decide what to do with it when I empty out my, my, my draft inbox. But, I, I typically don't do the same thing twice anymore. I'm very, um, very good about keeping things clean and not going back to the well too much in regard to those those inboxes that can get you in trouble and become a distraction. I know that a lot of my coaching clients come from scrum shops or agile work sh- or agile shops where everything is very regimented. Everything is on a deadline and people are often reaching burnout just to, to hit a deadline. And uh, it sounds like you avoid that by one, just understanding that like, Hey, there's only so many hours in a day. I need a few of those to sleep and I just possibly can't get everything done. But then you're also saying that I am going to be intentional about the things that I'm doing um, when I'm doing them and everything else can wait until it's, you know, whatever that thing is when it's, it's their turn. Um, they can wait for that. 
Oh, you nailed it. That's that's absolutely uh, the way the way I, I'm working now. Um, can I plug an app on this show? We normally don't talk about apps, but because it's you, I'll, I'll make an exception. <laughs> okay. Well, it, because it kind of coincides with the way I've I've built my day up, and uh, I've. I'm the kind of guy who's, who's tried all task managers under the sun, uh, and and they all there's so many great ones out there. But the one I've settled on here recently that just happens to work with my new way of doing things, like you said, the you know working with intention and making sure that I'm focused on the task at hand. And so I'm using an app called Sorted Three. Uh, it's it's relatively new as far as um, how long it's been around. Uh, this version of it has been around uh, a short while. It blends your tasks and it blends your calendar together. And this is the only app that I've found where you can really just streamline how you want to approach your day, what tasks you have, the duration of the tasks, and the priority level of these tasks. And you can really just, I know when I'm going to have energy. I know when I'm going to have some free time. And what I'll do at the beginning of every day is I will just, to the minute, I will try to detail my day. And as I go through the day, all I do is just check off the boxes. It's almost like automating my day. Like like everything is just automated. I know exactly where I got to be, what I got to do, how long it's going to take to get there, the kind of energy I'm going to need to get the job done. And I mean, it's I have never in my life been more productive than I have been over the last couple of months. Um, so it, this this app has really helped me with that. Um, it's, they've, they've got some really cool features. I'd recommend checking it out, but I'm not here to plug the app so much as it is that I, I wanted to share how I'm, how I'm making that happen. And, and um, this sorted three has really helped me with that. Uh, the other thing I think that is important to do is don't let things slip through the cracks. You have to have an inbox. You have to have some place, whether it be old school pen and paper, whether it be uh, post-it notes, whether it be um, uh, your, your phone and, 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 a, and a notepad, um, for me, it's, it's, uh, I have an application where anytime I launch the application, it's an empty canvas and everything that I need to remember goes in there. And I've often been referred to as the guy that's so organized. That's not necessarily the case. I'm just a guy with a system and the system has happened to work for me. And I find that if somebody tells me something with the 500 things that I'm going to hear throughout the day that I need to remember, I just jot it down. And when I start my day in the morning, I go through that inbox of everything that I've posted or written down or a thought or an idea, and I just file it away. I categorize it, I tag it, I put a date on it, and I put it away. And I don't think about it anymore until it's time to. And that has been extremely helpful to me. And it's it's a, a, a not a secret that's out there if you go looking for it, but capturing everything, processing the data, and then just getting it done. Well, I, I will definitely allow the Sorted call, um, especially since we've had uh, the team that that built Sorted on to the, on the show before uh, when they launched Sorted Two, and uh, I am one of the contributors of workflows for the Sorted Three application, but. Um, that's me as an automator, not as someone who is using it on a daily basis. I still, I stand by my pen and paper. Uh, but uh, the other application you mentioned, I, I believe it was drafts, uh, just having everything open as a blank slate and being able to uh, have a process. Uh, that is something that 
Uh, just as a fellow drafts user, I really appreciate the fact that you have a blank canvas, but yet you have so much power uh, in, within the application itself. And I really do want to sit down with uh, with Greg and and pick his brain as to you know why <laughs> why why allow so much power in such a little device. But the uh, the other thing that um, you really got me on was the idea of not doing things more than once. Um, if, if anyone knows me, I'm an automation person. I'm actually an automator for hire. So if anybody ever needs uh, something automated, whether you don't know the coding side of it or you don't know uh, how widget A connects to widget B, I'm, I'm your guy. But that is something that I have grown to be wary of in, in that sometimes when we get so comfortable in our automation that we forget the steps. And uh, a good example of this is I, I do a newsletter for another uh, podcaster. And uh, at one point, I had the newsletter completely automated based on all the information that they do weekly. It pulls all that information down. It puts it in HTML, loads it into MailChimp. And then all I have to do is change a couple of things and hit enter. Well, Recently, there was a format change and I haven't gotten around to modifying that workflow. So now I'm in the process of like having to go through it manually. And each time I've gone through it, it's like, well, wait a minute, was I supposed to do this? Or did I do I go over here? Do I need to add this thing over here? Like, like, what am I doing wrong? Why am I not getting this right? And it it has become this, I guess, tale of, of caution through experience of it's great to have the system, make sure the system is documented because one day your leg might fall off and you might need someone else to execute part of that system for you. And you're not going to be able to remember all the steps if you have a lot of it automated out. But the other side of that is too, like you said, applications change. But if you have a good system in place and a well-documented system in place, you can often take that system with you regardless of what email application, note uh, task management application, note-taking application that you're using. Absolutely. And I think you mentioned automation. Uh, it's kind of, I've gotten away from um, the, the Zapier, uh, the IFTTT, um, the the Hazel as a good Mac client. Uh, let's see, another one is uh, Alfred. Keyboard Maestro. I've gotten away from a lot of these, especially when I converted to the iPad Pro as my main machine. And what I've enjoyed is uh, something you, that you made me think about was as I build the shortcuts to replace all these tools that I'm using elsewhere. Uh, and I've, I've built some massive, massive shortcuts. But what I like about building the shortcuts is I don't forget those steps. I can go back and look at all of the steps. I can swap the steps. I can make adjustments uh, right there in the heart of the middle of the shortcut if I need to. So I keep familiar with how everything works and it's right there in history, right? Uh, the other thing I like that I can do is you can you can duplicate these shortcuts before you go tinkering with them. So, you know, if you especially if you've got one that's extremely complicated and long that you've built over a long amount of time and you've really customized it, you don't want to risk messing that up, right? You've put too many hours in. So always duplicate your your shortcuts before you go tinkering with it and, and modifying it. But I think Apple's done a really good job by bringing shortcuts to the, the mobile devices that we use today and the iPhone and the iPad. 
And I think that's going to take off. I wouldn't be surprised if Shortcuts does come to the Mac eventually. But for now, uh, I'm really excited about the future of automation just on the iPhone and iPad and what can be done today. I am as well. And and there are some some really, really great tools that will allow you to do that, let alone the Shortcuts app itself is, is really wonderful. Um, I actually recently um, went back to the Mac side of things only because of, of a new job that I picked up and, and a lot of the editing requires specific software that isn't available on the iOS platform. But um, I definitely agree with you. One of the things that I like about uh, using my iPad Pro as my primary device, uh, my daily driver outside of my notebooks are, I mean, is the fact that it does limit you in some ways. You know, if I look at my, I'm afraid to turn around and look at my, my desktop right now because I know that I've got a terminal open. I've got Safari open. I probably got two or three windows with, of Safari open. I've got uh, several different windows that have code in it. And um, who knows, there might be a game or something running in the background too. There, there's just so much going on. But when I'm on my iPad, like you said, having that, that intentional uh, use case of it. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're only using one screen at a time. You're only maybe two, maybe, maybe three, but you're very limited. But in doing that, that allows you to focus and be intentional in the things that you are doing. Absolutely. Yep. So I think that's going to wrap up the conversation here, but Clay, thank you for being such an awesome guest. Please let everyone know how they can connect with you. I make it really simple. Uh, Clay Russell on Twitter. Easy to find. I was lucky enough to get my, my name as a uh, handle early on. But you can also find me on techside.net. You can see everything there. You can see all the podcasts we do. Uh, we have the, the photo galleries. Um, you know, whatever you're into, I'm sure there's something there that you can enjoy. And if you don't enjoy it, let us know that too. You know, we, we like the feedback, always looking to evolve. So uh, yeah, check us, check us out on techside.net or find me on Twitter at Clay Russell. You've been listening to the Productivity in Tech podcast. If you'd like to learn more about Productivity in Tech, the services that we provide, or our community and how to get involved, head over to productivityintech.com or follow us on Twitter at prod underscore in underscore tech. Thank you to Nadir Omawali for the use of his song, A Hustler in Spite of Myself, for the intro and outro music. I've been your host, Jay Miller. You can follow me on Twitter at kjaymiller.com. Thank you for listening. I hope you've been productive and have a great day.